Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Play that one on loop, please. That that was uh, yet another classic RJ call, this time courtesy of the efforts of Michael Grosick. The RJ classics continue on MSG. Last night it was uh, some Buffalo Philadelphia. Not specifically that, but um, you never grow tired of any of the success that came, especially in the postseason. And tonight the attention in RJ Classics on MSG will shift to Buffalo and Ottawa, which undoubtedly, and assuming it has nothing to do with 2007, will conjure up great memories from Buffalo-Ottawa playoff past. Welcome to the show. It's Sabres Live. Marty and Brian with you back in our respective studios after yesterday's wonderful opportunity mm-hmm. at this uh, still challenging mm-hmm. time emotionally. Uh, it was It was a really, really, really nice opportunity to be around so many alumni yesterday and to hear just the ongoing uh, appreciation for the career of Rick Jenneret. It was a great opportunity um, to see them on Sunday at celebrating RJ uh, at the arena. And then again uh, on Monday at the golf, the alumni golf event. Uh, It's great to loosen up a little bit on the golf course. I joked around with Mike Wilson a couple of times. He was with Jason Daw and his group. And actually, Big Willie can hit the ball a mile, right? So I was on 18. He was on 10. I'm challenging him to hit it as hard and as high as he can. And the thing went about 100 miles into the air and maybe like 50 feet in front of him. Like it literally was a sandwich driver that he hit up in the air. <laughs> we laughed. Um, a lot of other alumni out there. At one point, we we're sitting at a table with Tom Draper, Phil Mirror, myself. Dwayne Rollison was next to me. It was like all the goalies. We're all like goalie fraternity hanging together. And you, I, Duffer. I had the best one, Darren Poopa. Darren Poopa, With yeah, all you respect, did. so. Yeah, yeah Poops was at a different table, but you did have a cart full of right-handed catching goaltenders between you and Poops. <laughs> so it was, 
it was a great event. Yeah. Um, I had to leave early on dinner because, um, you know, Jacob was leaving today. It was his last night at home before heading out to juniors. So I actually walked away not knowing if I won the closest to the pin because oh. I think I was eight feet from the pin on the tough part three, and it may have been the one. So I, I did not you hear share? your name called. And if Uh-oh. your name was called, it would have been uh, held in very low regard if you weren't there to accept the acknowledgement. So I think I would have recalled this happening. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm quite well, sure. I did we tell Scott McManagall, I'm like, if I win the, the closest to the pin, Mm. Make sure you return the prize, right? And he's like, right. okay, here's what we'll do. If you win, I'm going to, instead of having a dozen golf balls, I'm going to make it a money prize and I'm going to keep it in my pocket. So I said, thanks a lot, Scott. You're going to make me look bad. But anyway, he, uh, he was going to handle that. So maybe they uh, they skipped over my name. Mm, I don't think so. But <laughs> I, will say, I will say this. Our group was very much lamenting. Um, Lost opportunities. We uh, we were really good yesterday, but we parred every single par three at Niagara Falls Country Club. There were five of them, and <laughs> we just couldn't avoid the par. And unfortunately, we were three shots off the uh, off the lead when it was all said and done. But we came in at minus eleven. Uh, Darren Poopa was an absolute thrill to play with. Steve, Jim, Jeff, and Juice, who's Kurt, uh, were outstanding teammates and it was uh, a really great day Darren you know we've done stuff with Darren over the years but uh, I'd never had the opportunity to just kind of sit and get to know him for well six hours because it was a long round (laughs) Poops has got stories and he's great to talk to you talk about you guys parring par threes we bogeyed a couple of par threes that we were Mm -hmm. seven under with two bogeys imagine like that is how tough it was. Uh, but I did play with a great group of, uh, well, Connor and Ferris. Connor's and Ferris. So Tom Ferris was on our group with uh, a few of his uh, of his attorneys. So I was well surrounded. Let me tell you, if I shank one right or left, number one, they would have chased out and said, hey, we're workers' comp attorneys. We will help you get money. And Marty will protect you. Don't worry. So I was well surrounded. <laughs> so you know, or you could have assumed that I would have run into Tom after the round. Yes. And when I asked him about how the round went, he wasn't too happy. So I'm guessing that much of that uh, dismay and disappointment was based on your performance. Okay. So it was really like, I had a couple of good drives. I had a couple of good iron shots. Um, but again, this is my, this was my fourth time this summer. I'm, I'm a guy that usually would like in the few years back, I would go twice a week, right. And play regularly. Right. And, you know, Saturday morning, you show up at the course, you have a match going and whatnot. Now I don't do that. And and figuring out your swing and your rhythm and all of it. I had some really good moments. I had some bad moments. But the, the best part is there's a guy on our group, Mark, who is a right-handed golfer. And I kid you not, he needed to, to aim about 50 to 75 yards left of the fairway and let that thing boomerang back in. There was some scary moment for people that were on the tee box next to us or in the green next to us when they see this guy that's lining up like over their heads and bringing it back in. But we had a good chuckle at that. I, we just couldn't putt. Like the greens yeah. were were really, again, like very um, undulated. There were some really good breaks. We just couldn't putt. And it was uh, a really wonderful, um, you know, post-golf match uh, dinner. Um, we all sang happy birthday to Pierre Turgeon, oh, which yeah. was nice. Uh, he got up and spoke about, you know, 
launching his career here in Buffalo and now going into the Hall of Fame. And um, and as always, Razor just, you know, had uh actually Razor, I, I would say probably came the closest to choking up that I've 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 heard him. Um he was just incredibly appreciative again for the numbers uh as it pertains to the number of alumni that are coming back to these events and and ultimately what you talked about on the yesterday. show. Yeah, and ultimately what you talked about on the show yesterday, which is because of this, um, the opportunity to um, provide scholarships for kids in Western New York and Southern Ontario. And uh, by the way, one of the great touches yesterday from the alumni and Niagara Falls Country Club, the flag sticks. Yes. With the RJ flags. Yep. Was really, 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 really nice. And uh, listen, that was not a a, a long period of time to get organized, to get 18 flags and put them up and have Rick Jenneret with the microphone and RJ in there on every single one of them. Really nice touch with that. Um, When coming back to the um, uh, to the the, the scholarships, (laughs) we had our alumni meeting, you know, uh, before we did Sabres Live yesterday. But Scotty Metcalf. You know, kind of spoke up. He goes, "Hey, just want to let you guys know, my son got a scholarship from uh, from the Sabers alumni, and he's graduating from Yale Medical School." And everybody was like, "It's your boy, really, Scotty? Like, how did that happen?" But Scotty is the first one to joke about it. His two kids are are fantastic, but yeah, his son graduating from Yale Medical School, and he was one of the uh, you know many recipients, almost a million dollars given up in scholarship fund uh, scholarship money. Over mm-hmm. the years with the alumni, so uh, there's a lot of uh, great things that that were accomplished for sure. So thanks again to the alum. It's August 29th, and that means we are just a couple of weeks away from the prospects challenge. Um, how close are we? Do you think to Darlene and Power News? <laughs> Dare I ask this question again? Okay, so where we thought a lot. Well, well, not that we thought, but it could have happened on July one. You know, so July 1 is free agent, uh, the opening of free agency. So that's the window where Darlene and Power could sign their extension. So I'm thinking, okay, July 1, maybe something's going to happen. It didn't happen. Should we move July 1 to September 1? Is September 1 the new July 1? I don't think it's going to happen on September 1. But could we say that a couple of weeks after September 1 is when an announcement may come into place? I think... I, I would assume that the Sabres want Dallin here to be able to make a really nice announcement, what they've done with social media and all that over the last couple of years and the players uh, being involved in it. I think it will be fun. But I I definitely don't think we're going into training camp without a that Rasmus Dallin extension. And I think Owen Power is going to be right then as well. But I don't think we go into training camp without those two being extended. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to turn this into like a a betting opportunity? Well, we could. What's the over under? Is September ten the over under? Like I don't we... know. I I feel like we need our our crew here to uh, set the line and uh, then prompt us to uh, make our decisions. So okay. So um, prospect challenge is obviously in the middle of the month. Uh, mm-hmm. Camp opens up a little bit after that. I. I, I would say I would say there's gonna be a window, a forty-eight hour window between prospect challenge and the start of actual practices for camp. I think that's when mm-hmm. it gets done. That's my window. That's probably a plus three fifty, a plus four fifty when it comes to uh to the betting line there. 
So you're saying before? I'm saying before training camp, before the mm. opening of training camp. Mm. I'm going to need to wait a few days and see what the schedule is, the actual lay of the land, because then I might just, uh, you know, be able to identify a real big moment. Like, when's FanFest start again? Oh, I'm not 100% sure on the It's the, the 16th? I think it's the it weekend is of the like 16th, right? The weekend of the, uh, the, the, the prospect challenge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. Maybe it's then. Uh, but I also think that, you know what? Like as a player, I'm thinking if there's a guy that's going to have a big contract coming his way, mm-hmm. I want it to be like right at the beginning of training camp because that person better set up a fantastic team dinner, right? Like if it's, or you're talking Rasmus Dahlin, an eight-year extension at 10 million or so, like you're looking at it and you say, dude, you're taking not only the team, the trainers, the prospects, everybody. This is a 50-people dinner that you're paying for. That's that's as simple as that. And I'm going to organize it. I'm going to go to a place where they got a great wine list. It's going to be like a rookie dinner, but with only one person paying, and that's Rasmus Dahlin. Or maybe Owen Power on top of it too. Yeah, I would think, yeah. Like wouldn't split you, the bill. You go, yeah, split the bill, man. Absolutely. Um <laughs> as far as you know, the these are obviously significant contracts for the organization moving forward. Yes. But they're not exactly pressing, even though we like to talk about it. It's not urgent. These players are playing, and yet there's the calendar about to turn to September, and we still have nine um RFAs across the league including yes. some pretty big big names you know um how likely is there going to be a holdout this year and might it uh, be Trevor Zegras it, it could be Trevor Zegras when you look at the uh, uh the potential of a, a holdout uh, I would think if I'm the Anaheim Ducks I don't want to go into a season with Trevor Zegras not there I mm-hmm. feel like there's a little bit of finally some momentum uh, with Anaheim, with their young players and the health of the players that they want to move forward with. Um, so I would try to avoid a holdout when it comes to Trevor Zegers. But at the same time, that's why this next contract, the second contract is always very difficult because a player hasn't accrued enough years to be able to go to arbitration. And the team is not saying, hey, there you go. This is an easy. They don't. Nobody has pressure. Especially the team. The team doesn't have pressure to get it done. They can play the, you know, they have the leverage. They can play hard ball and just basically say, we're not doing it. So if I'm Trevor Zegras, I know I have the talent. I know I can make a difference long-term. Get that short-term deal. Get the the two-year bridge and and hit it later. But make sure you're there at the start of the season. Oh, Hadn't really ever considered that. Just assume that this is like Troy Terry. That um, and not that. Not, that's not to say that there wasn't a shorter offer at any point for for Terry. But we know where he came in, which is just under Cousins and Thompson. Um, I don't know. I, I I think it's all or nothing. But I mean, if it's a bridge deal for Zegris, you really think that the team could risk a two year at this point? Well, I would I would think so, knowing that the cap is going to go up. And that his value to the team, if as advertised, and I I keep saying with Trevor Zegras, it's a bit of a cat and mouse game here. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's been the absolute spectacular, you know, flipping of the puck and lacrosse type goals and the skill. But you also saw, and, and if you were watching Anaheim closely last year, you saw a side to Trevor Zegras that is, well, this guy had a, uh, a bit of a, um, 
short fuse, especially when it came to the coach. Um, they didn't see eye to eye. Um, is he on the, the next, he's on the Jack Hughes level. Is he on that level of the neck, the Nathan McKinnon level that, you know, when you saw Nathan McKinnon take steps forward, uh, Matthew Kachuk level, uh, you know, even a Johnny Gaudreau level when he was with Calgary, is he on that level or is he the next tier? The guys that are good have a ton of skills, but mm-hmm. are not putting it together and they're not dominating games. Like is well, Trevor Zegras on the one level or on the other? It's an, it's a perfect uh, comparison. And you have to keep in mind that when Jack Hughes came in, the devils were not good and the ducks have not been good. And this is a major, major project for this ducks team to make the proper projection here on Trevor Zegras. But that that's why I probably got concerned, defensive, unsure about like a bridge deal for him because, Oh boy. Like if he, if they do think, that he's got that, I mean, within a two-year or even three-year, but especially a two-year bridge, oh, I could change the long-term dynamics and cap impact for this player and team. Um, he's 22 years old. Right, but like, like now, if you took him, like even if you think he's slightly better than Terry, or even if you don't think he's slightly better than Terry, what is, which I think most people believe he is, except Shayna, um, <laughs> but... I, no, and that's not to say one's better than the other. She was just making the contract comparison, and and yeah. we we love that because she's strong in her takes on all of this. But like, what would be the wrong? Like, what would be wrong about just giving him seven times seven point five right now? Yeah, I don't think Trevor Zegers is taking that. That's the thing. Trevor Zegers is thinking he thinks of himself as Jack Hughes. He thinks of himself as, uh, you know. But you know, Jack Hughes is on a bargain deal now for the rest of his potentially devil's career based on how it looks what he's already producing and how early on he is in that extension yeah yeah absolutely jack Hughes is an eight million dollar player it's a bargain of a deal but is saying i don't want to be a bargain of a deal i want to get my value but easy that guy he had 65 points last year right Mm -hmm. yep um troy terry had 61 points four points back troy terry played 11 less games right he would have been so trevor zegras are you the anaheim ducks are you the guy to get him out of it Mm. i don't know am i i'm leaning almost towards a no i think he's a great player fantastic player but i'm leaning towards a no if i'm anaheim pat verbeek i'm not giving him the nine nine and a half that he would want I'm saying you got to earn it. You got to get us out of that rut that we're in. And I think Trevor Zegras is saying seven and a half is not enough. I want wow. the nine. Wow. I mean, I could tell which way you were leaning, but thank you for clarifying. Um, it, it's, it is, it's, it is really John Gibson, Trevor Zegras. That's easy for me. <laughs> duck, duck, goose, right? Like, yes, exactly. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, now that's a Jamie, great headline right now. You would be a great <laughs> editor. <laughs> now, Jamie Drysdale is the oh boy. I yes. mean, almost overlooked in all of this. Like just the just the lost season last year because of injuries, only played eight games. So he's not had any leverage. So he's got to get his his deal done. He's 21. But you know, more likely to impact the Sabres, if you will is Shane Pinto's deal in Ottawa. He is yet another one of these (laughs) outstanding Ottawa players who comes in under 25 years of age. He's 22. He's already a 20-goal scorer. And I think he gets, quite frankly, lost 
in the conversation with how good Ottawa is and how stocked their system is. Now so, think of it like you talk about Drysdale and Pinto. They are two of the most unique contract situations because they are what they call a 10.2 C, which mm-hmm. they are restricted free agents, but they have not accrued enough play games to be able to get offer sheets. So they even get less mm-hmm. of leverage. They don't have arbitration rights. They don't have offer sheets rights. They don't have anything rights. So for Drysdale and Pinto, I'm thinking this is, I, I can remember my second contract. I had just played 30 some games with the Sabres. And I remember meeting with Darcy Regeer and my agent. And he's like, this is the contract we want to offer you in two years. And I'm like, I just won 20 games last year. And I actually saved your season. We made the playoffs because I kept us afloat during the season. I played 39 mm-hmm. games, I think. And then Ashik came back and we made the playoffs. And we played Philadelphia in that playoff round. And we're going to talk about it later. But it, it was... They're like, no, you don't have any rights. This is what it is. And I held out. And I held out for what? Nothing. I held out for the exact same thing that was offered to me in July and August. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you are Drysdale in Anaheim and Shane Pinto in Ottawa, you have to be careful because you don't have any leverage. Less than Trevor Zegers had. Because at least right. he could have looked for an offer sheet when it comes mm-hmm. to Trevor Zegers. Yeah, Pinto, though, I mean, just just for the reminder, not that, you know, uh, you want to belabor this, but again, it's Ottawa-Buffalo and RJ Classics tonight, so it's pertinent for the discussion of Ottawa and yes. Buffalo now. But Stutzla, Kachuk, Giroux, Tarasenko, a healthy Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, stop me if you're getting nervous, Kubalik, pretty much guaranteed 20 Shane Pinto pretty much guaranteed 20 like this is a ridiculously deep offensive team that Ottawa has Anton Forsberg is fully healthy he's been practicing forever he said he actually would have been back last year in the playoffs had they made it so their goaltending is now set with their new money man and Corpus Allo four million a year times five years plus a healthy Forsberg so they're more well positioned there from a stability standpoint one would think and then you've got Shabbat Chikrin um and Sanderson as the headliners in your group. Um yes. I, again, don't really sleep, don't sleep on the sense. Yeah, but again, like because they have all that talent, Shane Pinto is in a position where he may be bottom six. And I, you right. know, according to Daily Faceoff right now, you look at their line structure, it's you know, you've got um Stutzla as number one C, you have Josh Norris as number two C, and you have Shane Pinto as three C. So mm-hmm. Pinto finds himself in the bottom six may not get the opportunities like the the Stutzla and the Norris and the Batherson to play top six minutes because they've added so many good pieces up front that will take up right. the top six positions. But my point is, is, I think their third line will outscore most third lines. And Ridley Gregg's not to be overlooked. They love him as a prospect, and yes. he has a very good opportunity as well. So I just, yeah, I think they're going to be super deep, and it's going to be very, very, very challenging. So um, this... Maybe ties in, but I'd like to introduce a new segment today. It's called The Wrong Benoit here on Sabres Live. Yes, and uh, there have been some that played for both the Sabres and the Senators. So I'm going to give you a little quiz. Okay. Um, Benoit Hogue, Benoit Pouliot, Benoit Brule, Benoit Gratton, Benoit Olivier Gru, Benoit Gosselin, Benoit Dusablon. How many of those Benoits played for the Sabres? Oh my gosh, I didn't count all of them, but okay. So I know Benoit Pouliot did, Benoit Hogue did. 
Uh, I, 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 I tuned uh, the, the other ones off because I thought they were made up names. I really <laughs> thought you were going to say how many of those are made up. And I was going to say, okay. well, five. I'll give you credit for the two that you identified. And they are, in fact, the only two with the oh. first name Benoit that did play. Now, Benny Hogue was great, but he became yeah. really, really, really good on Long Island with yes. Pierre Turgeon. So, but still honorary member. I mean, excellent, excellent player. Um, I was stunned to see that Benoit Pouliot actually scored 13 times in that catastrophic 17-18 season for this team. I would have I would have guessed like six. And anyway, uh, oh, that's he got me. a lot of ice time. <laughs> Good ice time. He played power play. <laughs> but the real reasoning behind the wrong Benoit segment here oh. on Sabres Live is which Benoit signed today: Joe Benoit, Andre Benoit, or Simon Benoit? And I am this, going this to player say, signed with the Maple Leafs. I'm going to say Andre Benoit just because Duffer, there's a backstory to you and Andre Benoit at a um, like one of those events where game presentation intermission contestant. Okay, name, yeah, exactly. Name that saber. Name that saber. It was yeah. not Brian Duff. It was Andre Benoit. And when I saw his headshot <laughs> on Hockey DB today, I'm like. That's a good guess. Oh yeah, that. absolutely. You you guys can kind of switch spots and be the same. I've been to more Sabres alumni events than Andre Benoit has, so yes. I might feel like a little more in the club. Now, Simon Benoit is the actual newsmaker oh. today. He signed a one-year deal with the Maple Leafs. Now, he comes over from Anaheim, he's played 137 games. Mm -hmm. Of course, his first career goal was against Buffalo. And of course, 50% of his NHL career goals have been against the Sabres, yes. two of four. But it really was just a means to an end. I just wanted to talk about Andre Benoit. <laughs> and the reason is, I will never forget his only goal in his 59 games played with the Buffalo Sabres. It happened in Detroit. It was shorthanded. It was set up by one of my favorite Sabres of the era, which was Brian Flynn. It showed Andre Benoit celebrating into the glass in Detroit, and Buffalo was leading 3-1 in the second period. How did he get a shorthanded breakaway? He tried harder than everybody else on the ice, and the lead disappeared immediately oh, Buffalo no. would proceed to give up the next four goals in the game lose 6-3 as the wing scored four times on the power play so so much for shorthanded success and the only Sabres goal by Andre Benoit in his 59 games in blue and gold what uh, a he memory. was a good guy you know he was great a great guy. guy like I loved Andre Benoit around the locker room he was a great guy but I I think it's funny how you mentioned the wrong Benoit because of the confusion of fans between you and him at times. Uh, we did have a gentleman yesterday at the golf course that looks identical to Gila Fleur. It could, could have been like Gila Fleur's doppelhanger or twin brother. Um, so I, I find it that we've had a couple of encounters with people that look identical to players that have played in the NHL. Um, there was a guy one year looked identical to Lindy Ruff. I thought it really? was actually Lindy Ruff that I walked up to at him the and tournament? then I got, I, I think it was like four, no, maybe like six or seven years ago. Lindy wasn't here anymore, but I walked right up to him and then I turned around. I was like, I, I got to two feet almost to say, Hey, Lindy, how are you doing? And then I realized it wasn't him and I walked, but looked very, very similar to Lindy. Okay. So have you heard the story? of our very own Rich Jareller from the <laughs> he's vice president of uh community relations for the Sabres yeah. 
have you heard the story of him being um, accused, if you will, of being Darren Poopa? No, never knew that one. Never, never have heard that. I would never think of Rich, Rich likes Zarella. to compare it to him being Danny DeVito and Poopa being Schwarzenegger. And Schwarzenegger and, and twins, yes. <laughs> so anyway, that was that was an interesting dinner topic yesterday when Rich strolled by our table and I was sitting next to Darren and his wife. So there's oh, quite man. the backstory there. And our best to uh, Don, not Lafleur Gleason, as uh, yes. he was there and having a great day yesterday as well. And we'll come back with... Pittsburgh and Philadelphia as our teams of mm -hmm. the day here on Sabres Live. Stay with us. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.